Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to the IGN UK podcast number 183. I'm Kaz McDonald from IGN. I'm with Daniel, also from IGN. Hello. And we've got two very special guests today. We've got this chap. This chap's called Mike Bithell. Hello. He's made a game called Thomas Was Alone, which is out this week on PlayStation Network, which we'll be talking about. And we're also joined by Danny Wallace, who stars in Thomas Was Alone. Hello. I thought you were going to do the whole communal hello thing. I thought you'd have notes about that. I thought we did that. Yeah. Yeah. I practiced. Three, two, two, one. Hello. hello. There you go, podcast listeners. It's all in the edit, anyway. It's fine. <laughs> So, first up, as usual, we're going to chat about a little bit of news. Yeah. We've had a big, big exclusive this week, haven't we? Yeah, so the first trailer dropped last Friday, and this is Shinji Mikami's new horror game. And if you like horror, you should be excited about that for one good reason. Shinji Mikami created the Resident Evil series. And I've heard of that one. Yeah, you've heard of that one. And the Resident Evil series, in recent years, it's probably accurate to say has lost its way somewhat. It's become more diluted. It's more gone down about six paths at once rather than picking one path. Yeah. And <laughs> is it just less evil now? Just less evil. He's, he's moved in, made, really it's made himself evil. Transient yeah. evil. Yeah. Evilish. Um, so Shinji Mikami's making this new horror game. He's making it for Bethesda. And it looks from the live action trailer quite twisted. Have you seen it, Mike? I haven't. Is that the one that had the, the Vine kind of video? That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the full trailer. That's all I've seen. I've seen yeah. six seconds. The, the full minute trailer. Um, it's quite twisted. It's live action. It looked like something like Clive Barker's Books of Blood. You've got people with barbed wire wrapped around their heads. It's basically horrible. People emerging through, through portals full of blood. It should be banned. I'm going on record and saying it should be banned. Ban this, play this at yeah. Ban Absolutely. all games. Which you say it's called, really? It's called Apart the from within. one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So that's his new game. We've got full details on IGN. We but should I, say what it is called. It's called The Evil Within. <laughs> there we go. So you might have heard about this game last year. They were calling it Project Zwei. Obviously, that's not really a catchy title. Project Zwei. The Evil Within. What is The Evil Within, do you think? Uh, it's The Evil Within All of Us. Uh, sometimes, sometimes I get quite annoyed. That could be. That could be. It could be. You're in a queue or something. Oh. Oh, that's the evil within. That's it? a quintessential British horror game. I, think. So <laughs> I, agree, I might even complain. Yeah. What well, is the evil within? It's the repressed tut. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But more news has happened. Uh, there's a major new SimCity update happening. It works now. It's, it works. <laughs> that's the you can, you can play it. it. I don't know if it actually is. It, they're certainly not patched in offline play, which is obviously what everybody wants. Yeah. Although they still maintain that offline play is not even possible. Like, it's literally, it's the whole thing's built even around. Though that and it has been done, clearly, though. Someone's yeah. made that. In well, they've made it. I think you can only edit roads, though. Oh, okay. I don't think it's, it's, it switches off the time or something. Anyway, the major update next week includes uh, a bunch, just a, a huge list of stuff. Uh, mayor perks. Mayors will now drive their fancy cars to work. That's what everyone's been waiting for. Yeah, yeah. Quite, I, you know, I'd quite like to just read some of these out of context because they're quite amusing. Fixes for unexplained fluctuation of tourists. That would be useful. That'd be useful in real life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gambling will now be a more profitable specialty. Cash mm. gifts can now be received in a bankrupt city. That's troubling. Yes. That's not going to give the best messages to A little them. bit. Do either of you play SimCity or encounter that big notorious problem with SimCity? I, well, the uh, the traffic is always the thing. Yeah. The, I'm trying to find the traffic. I'm trying really hard to find the traffic fix, but it doesn't appear to be there. Although the amount of happiness gained from low taxes, police, fire and health outreach has been lowered. 
Lower oh, about time. time. I about love time. patch notes. So, so the mayor gets richer and has a nicer car, and the people <laughs> get sadder. Yeah. Basically. Fair enough. Fair enough. You could make a political point now. I could do. There's a way. If I knew more of our politics, I would have said it by now. <laughs> yeah, it's not really have I got news for you. This is <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not. It's not really. Right. 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 Yeah. Although city, city, city builders are always a little bit political because by mm. definition you're always building a city that's either for the people or for the rich people. Mm. Well, if it's a game, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have kind of success criteria and how you define the success criteria is in itself a political statement. This is a hideous late-stage capitalism game. Or a delightful socialist game, as you wish. So that's SimCity. Not sure that that will help, to be honest, because what, all that anybody wants is to be able to play it properly. On, on a plane or on a train, yes, without which an internet is connection. The only time I ever played City Builders was on long-haul flights. Right, last bit of news, actually. Just, it's kind of more of a statement. It comes from a guy um, called Mark Passini, who's actually working on the new PS Vita Batman Origins game. Okay. And he said he worked at Retro Studios on all the Metroid Prime games. And he's come out and said that he didn't think they were actually very good. He said, I've never played any of the Metroid games after they were done just because I was just so sick of them. When you work on something for two straight years and play it for two years straight, it's really hard to go back and distance yourself from it. Now, I kind of read this out because I wanted to get your take on that mm. statement in light of your own games. You've probably been working on that for quite a while. Yeah, no, it's, it's totally true. Um, Do I, you hate Thomas Was Alone? I Say it first. No. <laughs> yeah, let's get it out. You've tried to trick me. I came all this way. I've been trapped. Um, no, I, but I don't play it. I mean, there is. I, I understand what he's saying about that in terms of when you've when you've you've not just seen behind the curtain, you've been behind the you curtain, the fiddling. Curtain. You are the curtain, and it's true. Every game I I, I own, every game I've I've worked on, um, got them in a little box. It's not a big box. It's not a big box. Exactly. I keep I keep souvenirs. Um, but it's um and it's and it's cool. And I like and I like going back to them after like four or five years. It's quite fun to go back because you've kind of forgotten. But yeah, if you're making something, you you know it inside out. It's it's boring at that point for you. But Thomas Was Alone obviously is a great game and therefore stay, on, stay, on, stay on message, stay on message. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thomas obviously came out last year on Steam hmm. um, and other you know, PC, sure. PC um, avenues. And uh, so uh, we reviewed it last year. Uh, mm. got it's a very good game. It's, very kind of you. Uh, it's, uh, it's a simplest, what, what, minimalist platform about jumping and friendship. That's the one, yes. That's the one. Um, and so now it's out on PlayStation 3 and Vita, right? Mm. So, sure, did you have to do much between the the, PS, the PC release and the PlayStation release? Um, well, I mean, in terms of, well, to, to, without the release, just the amount of stuff that you have to do once a game's finished in order to get anyone to play it. That was the first thing, was like, that's that was at least three months of just kind of talking to journalists, talking to um, Valve to get it on Steam, all that kind of stuff. But in terms of actually bringing the port over, yeah, it was, uh, we had to do some, we did some new stuff. Um, so we've got a DLC pack, we've got a commentary thing. Um, but it was more just kind of, because I was working with an external team uh, called Curve Studios, it was mm. more a case of just making sure that we kept the game working and not being rubbish. Um, because cause, cause the game was made originally you know, by me in my spare time, so it's kind of a bit ropey, the code. So the poor coders at Curve who had to kind of basically clean up everything I'd done. It's basically sellotape together. Sellotape. It was. Like, the original game, and all indie games are like this. All indie games are kind of, well, the, most of them, I guess, are kind of gaffer taped together just to work and, you know, not create too many bugs. But obviously, when you come to console, you've got to make sure everything always works, that you can't rely on someone downloading a patch or doing something like that. So what point did Sony approach you? Obviously the game came out on mm. Steam, was successful, reviewed well. Do Sony then approach you or do you approach them? Like people who don't know, like how does that... It was a weird one because it kind of came from a million different angles. Uh, not a million. 
That's an exaggeration. Um, so it came, <laughs> so um, Shahid, who uh, who does a lot of kind of the the Vita um, Sony stuff, is a really big indie gamer, and he he was he got very interested very early on, um, and kind of sent me some very nice tweets, and kind of we started chatting that way. Um, so that was the Sony side. Um, Curve, meanwhile, were kind of doing some stuff with uh, Lone Survivor that's coming out soon. So they were they were kind of already talking to Sony and talking about you know what's the next indie game we'd like to port across. It just so happens that Thomas has come out a little earlier. Um, and at the same time, I was kind of thinking, well, actually, maybe this could go somewhere else. So I was talking to uh, Bossa Studios, who kind of helped me to work out how to actually make all these pieces fit together. Because I'm not really a businessman. I'm kind of a, a nerd who's good in front of a computer, but needs a bit of help for everything else. <laughs> we should talk about Even what the just game dressing. Just dressing, yeah, eating. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's hard, isn't it? Like, it's a all lot of this, work. Like, dressing. I find all this. Yeah, that's difficult. <laughs> Life is hard. Life is a hard thing Life to do. Life is hard. We should talk a bit about what the game is, I guess, for hmm. people who don't know. It's, it's Essentially, it's about the emergence of the first self-aware AI, right? Yes, yeah. It's um, like a prequel to Terminator. To the event. So in that analogy, a UT-800. <laughs> Are you the Terminator, Danny? Oh, I see. Am I? Uh, sorry, yeah. I thought you'd gone into some kind of code there. I thought <laughs> <laughs> you're going, you know, on that level, UT eight hundred. Yeah, okay. so what the hell's that? Uh, I suppose I am. Yes, in some way, or at least the voice of someone uh, saying what's happening when uh, when all this goes on. It's just a great game, and um, the the longer time goes on, the more I realise what you had to do to sort of make it happen, and what you're doing now as well. It's all very impressive. So, how did you get Danny involved in this? I got drunk, got drunk, which is always the best, the best step. Um, no, I, I, well, I'd always, I'd always, I, I kind of, I'm a big fan of Danny's stuff, and specifically actually his audio books. I like hearing this man tell stories. So I thought, like, so I kind of was emulating to an extent, or kind of trying to, trying to get the same kind of style in the writing. Um, and then I was, then I tried to find someone who could read that text well. Um, and kind of, tr I ended up trying to find kind of a Danny Wallace sound alike. Um, I couldn't find any that were any good. There were a lot that tried, bless them, but they weren't very good. Um, did and you then, have a casting call, Danny I did, Wallace alike. <laughs> I did. I did. There's like there's pages, and, and, not, and any indies watching will know this. There's these kind of these websites where kind of amateur voiceover actors kind of congregate and try and get kind of parts in things. And yeah, they were they weren't they weren't doing a very good Danny Wallace impression. Um, and then I got drunk, and I found Danny's email address on your website, I think, mm -hmm. and I sent him an email begging him to do it, basically. And what was your initial response? Yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Restraining order, first of all. Yeah. How did this guy get involved? No, uh, he, he'd had a couple of drinks, and this, this email arrived, and I may have had a couple <laughs> of drinks. And I, I was sitting there, and first of all, the email was just really well written. It was kind of, you know, I get asked, you know, um, to do stuff. Uh, sometimes, but this was like a really good, well-written email. I thought, yeah, I like this guy already. And then you'd sent me, like, you know... It's like a very early build of a game. Very yeah. early build, and so I had a look, and I thought, this is great. Um, and it just felt so kind of intuitive, and I liked the story, and I liked the music, I liked everything that was there about it. And so I just wrote back and went, yeah, all right. I think that was it. I think it was two words. I think it was, yeah, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, all right. Uh, and then, you know, cut to uh, however many months later, and we're in a studio, um, and you know, uh, and we just do it, and we just did it, and uh, that was it. And suddenly, I see the final build of the game, or I see trailers and things that you're doing, and um, I was like, "This is a really special little game." You know, I knew it was special, but now it's becoming really. Special. And it went even a little bit further than that earlier in the year when you actually won a BAFTA for the performance. Yeah, well, this he guy, gets embarrassed when you bring it. Mike Mike's created on his own a game that was immediately nominated for three BAFTAs and um, that's uh, that's something just extraordinary and so I was 
delighted to go along, delighted to be nominated, um, thrilled to win, um, but uh, it's all Mike really, it's, uh, I, I read some stuff out and tried not to ruin it, uh, but it was Mike's game, and with, you know, everything comes together, that's the thing, there's no one, you know, you can't say that anything is better than anything else, the, the game is one whole, you know, big, it, just, it all just works together mm. like a puzzle, it's great. It's one of the things that makes it very good for me, um, is the, uh, I did the review obviously, uh, the, the, the way that it all just fits together as one, it's almost mm. like you've made the enforced restrictions of making a one person game into a kind of stylistic choice. Yeah, no, I'm kind of into that, I think that's a big thing that kind of, it happens, it happened in indie movies in the 90s and I think games are kind of, we're just starting to get it now, so like Kevin Smith movies like uh, Clerks, he, he only had access to a convenience store and he could only film at night. So he added in this little bit at the start where the, the, the blinds weren't open. And immediately that made perfect sense and he got away with doing what he was doing, worked within his constraints. And like doing that within a games context, saying, okay, so I'm not going to be able to put together, you know, really complex character animations. I'm going to have to do something very minimalist there. What can I do? Well, I'm, I'm okay at writing, so I'll put, some, I'll put a story together and I'll make sure that that is read by someone who's great and has some awesome music. So yeah, it's just about working out where to put your time and effort in order mm. to best use the kind of the opportunities, I guess. It's really elevated for me by the, by the writing and the performance. Like it shows how um, a good puzzle platformer can mm. be really, really memorable with just a bit of good writing in it. So few games have good writing at all. It feels like loved, anyway. that's why I, when yeah. I look at it, it feels like Mike loves it and, and loves <laughs> these. I mean, we just heard he hates it. I do hate it. But uh, certainly there was love there once. The relationship's gone bad is all. Uh, but no, it's kind of like uh, you love these characters and you love this story and you love this world. And um, so it arrives kind of fully formed, I think. But, but well, that's how it appears. When that's it very kind. I, I think as well, obviously, a lot of credit goes to David in terms of the yeah. music, in terms of that. Just And he's so annoyingly young. He's, he's He graduated uni, I think, a year ago. Mm. And this was the first thing he ever did. He's up for a BAFTA nomination. He just thinks life is like this now. Yeah, this is it. This is his baseline default. You try something once. He's like an overprivileged, overindulged toddler who just thinks life is just like this now. And if you're watching this now, David, yeah. Learn the cold, harsh reality of life. This wasn't the first game you worked on, though, was it? No, no. I've been, yeah, I was in, well, I'm in Assassin's Creed as well. The first one? Well, not the first one, but the others. Um, as uh, as a, a sort of sarcastic British man, which is nice. Because, <laughs> as all British uh, people are in everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's that experience like? Because obviously that's the polar opposite. That's like these huge international constructed by several studios. It's basically all of Canada games. made that game. Yeah, it's yeah. Romanian, a little bit of France yeah. as well. Susie, have you ever seen the credits on Assassin's Creed? Yeah, well. I, I've just finished. I'm the, still watching them. It's literally 25 minutes of just. Mm. Quite fast moving credits. Maybe. Quite a lot of people involved in those. You never know it to look at it. I mean, no, it's, <laughs> it's very small, very modest game. It's an extra, I mean, you know, the difference between that and Thomas was alone. Um, the sandwiches are better with Ubisoft. Okay. I would say. Or French right. company. I made those. I <laughs> crafted them. Uh, no, I mean, you, you can't. You can sort of compare the experiences because they're both just you, you're inside a booth uh, yeah. with a story and just trying to um, tell it. Um, but with Assassin's Creed, I'm a, I'm a character, whereas with this, I'm sort of. Storyteller. You, you, sort of, you talk about the uh, you're kind of the inner monologues of each shape, aren't you? Yeah, character. and you and you sort of become them for a little bit, and Mike wrote it very cleverly so that I was able to become that character, but still be the narrator. And with um, with Sean Hastings, I mean, people um, people kind of you know he, he divides opinion. Some people hate him, and some people love him. And I think that's you don't want to have an average character that no one cares about. Yeah, some people really love like this as well. Though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I like it because also it allows me to be um, 
like uh, I'm not sure if I can use the word, but like a dick. Yeah, I can, I can, I can be a You're dick. You're allowed to say the word dick <laughs> on this podcast. Good. Well, I can. How far can we push it? Well, really, as far as it goes. Really, okay. really. I'm not going to go that far. Sean Hastings would, but I wouldn't. That's the difference between us. <laughs> He's a dick. Yeah, oh, man. Well, it's offensive when you say it. It's nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's quite nice pointed, that's quite a pointed dick. <laughs> anyway, so how did you get that role? Like, just that role? You went for lots of casting calls for a sarcastic British man. Went, no, this. no, no. <laughs> I, I had no intention or, or, or plan to get into to stuff like this. And what happened was, I was at the uh, the video games BAFTA. So I was giving out an award, and um, I always bring a mate of mine. Usually, it's a guy I went to school with who's always was so into video games, and uh, has his house is like a museum of old dead consoles and I always just think well it's great to, I'll no, invite him and, and he gets on a train and comes down from Loughborough and we go uh, and he was off in the corner somewhere chasing after some sort of Japanese games designer that I wasn't really sure who it was but he was like this man's a god he went over there I was on my own I was vulnerable and a man came up to me and um, he liked my stuff and he said there's a game that we're working on that I think has a role that could have been written for you and I think that's cool and so I go alright well let's talk about it and then um, I go to some uh, posh place in Soho and he gives me the uh, the thing and I'm like this right let's look at this character breakdown it's gonna be written for me this is me nerdy sarcastic <laughs> lonely kind of I'm looking at it just going this is this is me is it? <laughs> yeah. uh, no, so, these guys are perceptive yeah I know it's all the real me and so uh, I just went in and did it and then suddenly you know it, it grew and grew and the characters wow. doing more and I've started writing on it a little bit now and um, yeah it's great it's a really cool world to be in so you are still doing them then well, I'm, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, I just finished the last, the last one. So, danger, you know, so, danger, you know, danger. No one ever knows. In, in, in seriousness, they, they, they are an incredibly well-oiled machine. Yeah. But there are certain things that no one knows until it gets really close. So they've got everyone working on separate things. It all they do. Yeah, it all comes together at the end, which yeah. is probably so. No one knows some things about characters, things about places. I was wondering if they actually gave you a character breakdown properly, because sometimes it depends on the budget level of the game, and I assume Assassin's Creed 3 is at the upper end of the watch, but I know it's at the mm -hmm. upper end of that. Yeah. But uh, sometimes when you're listening to a game, I'm playing something called Dragon's Dogma at the moment, which uh -huh. is like Japanese kind of B-game, sort of mid-budget, but they clearly sent a script of just disconnected lines over to a British voice acting studio, some fantasy voice acting studio oh. somewhere. Yeah. And they've all just been given this list of words to say without any context at all. Really? So, so it all you, sounds like Mega Drive games from the <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you're, kind of, lines. you're walking through the country and someone will be like, Castle Ruins? Or the walls of such, and there's nothing no. remotely no. anywhere. Everyone has the intonation of Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's great. It's one of the things we've had because we've done translations for Thomas for the for the different territories, and Danny's voice remains throughout because it's Danny. Um, so it's just subtitled. Okay. So oh, I thought like... you were going to have to like pretend to speak German. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your voice still. Thomas Alinevar. Nice. Or Danny. So, so sorry. <laughs> sorry. I, can do it. I, can do it. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, it's um, so. So for that, one thing that's really kind of again ruined the game for me yeah. is it was someone um, at Curve's job to explain every joke in the script, so that when Brilliant. translations happen, they kind of make they survive it. Those little idiosyncrasies. So I've got at home this document, which is a complete breakdown of every joke in Thomas Was Alone and why that's funny and what, oh, what that reference wow. is. And, I'm doing a similar thing at the moment. I'm going, having conversations every day with a guy who's translating one of my books into Korean, and he's coming back asking me, like, and it really shows you how rubbish you are. Because it's like, why is this? Why is this joke funny? And you can't say, well, it's funny because of this and this. You have to just go. Yeah, it's probably not really funny. Actually, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Actually, I apologise a lot. Yeah. Probably get rid of that one. Yeah. 
Um, uh, I'd, I'd imagine that uh, it must be very strange reading your own work in different languages that you can't even remotely understand. Yeah, I don't. I it's can't odd. read it, so it's kind of yeah. It's uh, it's, <laughs> it's like. What's uh, strange is when they do the audiobook version and you hear who they cast as you. Oh, has that happened to you? Yeah, you had your books. And again, in German, it was this man, he, and he was like, he must have been in his fifties. <laughs> Must have been. And you get a man in his fifties, and every now and again he'll be like talking, 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 and then he'll just say something like, um, "Und Holmes under the hammer." <laughs> <laughs> like, well, well, I got that bit. Nice. I was always trying to say hammer instead of hammer. Yeah, it always amuses me. Another thing that's quite difficult to read is um, reviews. Mm. Check that out for a link. Um, I saw you on Twitter the other day. You were kind of avoiding reviews. You said you were avoiding reviews, but you could have read them anyway. Yes. It's kind of weird to have your game reviews. reviewed twice, and you were saying that we get a lot of nines, a lot of sixes, mm. fluctuating. How do you respond to those reviews? Do you appreciate the criticism? Do you take it personally? Or um, well, I mean, you can't you can't help but if someone writes something mean about something, yeah. you know, as, as Danny said, that you love on the internet. Of course, you, your immediate reaction is you know, screw you. But generally reviewers are pretty good at what they do. They know what they're talking about. They often have a perspective that you don't have because you're so close to it. I never realized with Thomas how big a deal the story was when I was making it. I didn't realize that that was going to be the thing. I, I knew it was something I put importance on, but I didn't quite get the balance in my head. Um, so that was useful. I think there's also, um, yeah, so the, the avoidance thing was just a failed attempt to go to the science museum to avoid it. I managed to stay in the science museum for two hours before I left to go home and read the reviews because I gave up. Just in the science museum on your phone. Exactly, yeah. exactly. I, I was sat next you to some jet engine, just exactly. Yeah. I was an exhibit. Um, but no, I think it's, it's, I don't think, I think most reviews are good. I've had a couple um, where you think actually this, this, this guy wants to be mean. This is a strangely written thing. But the vast majority, it's it's just, it's often, I've noticed with Thomas, it's a lot about balance. It's a lot about how important the reviewer considers the story aspect. Mm -hmm. Because they, you know, the game's not very challenging. It's kind of intentionally kind of a quite a laid back experience. Mm -hmm. So for some reviewers, they, they they responded to that and said, oh, it's, it's not challenging, not interested. But other reviewers just see that as a minor thing. It's, you know, I think in yours, it was a sentence somewhere, just pointing it out and then move on. It's, it's I think it's a, it's a balance of of criticism, it's it's how what weighting you put on things, which is which is the interesting bit. Often I've noticed it's like, uh, and I think because I used to be a reviewer, I used to work on video games magazines years and years and years ago. That's how kind of how I got started. And it's a weird industry when it comes to the sort of the the, the, the writing side of it. Fifty percent of the people I've met in in the industry are incredibly lovely, and fifty percent are proper. I Total mean, cocks. well. <laughs> Smug self So, which one's mathematically, yeah, 50%. <laughs> <laughs> no, they can come in pairs, it's oh, fine. I see, okay, but no, right. but I've never met an industry where, where it's been so neatly divided down the line to sort of 50%. It's, it's, you see that on Twitter. Like, I think anybody who, <laughs> yeah. anybody who follows you know, games, games writers on, on Twitter, there's, yeah, yeah there's, there's a lot of like real, real nastiness. But often, I think that, that from what I've read, it seems to be sometimes reviewers they want to be seen to be reviewing. Do you know what I mean? Criticising. Critics so love criticising. Yeah, so yeah. it's not like they're reviewing the game. And sometimes they don't even review the game. They review what they, what they think the game should be. Mm. And that's very different. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, you've got your own ideas, do your own thing. Review uh, the game. It's yeah. a classic reviewer problem that is the, I'm reviewing what I wish this was, rather yeah. than actually. I think that's becoming harder and harder when the very definition of what a game is, is eluding those kind of criteria. Like, so you mean in terms of the more kind of experimental? Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. there's you're trying to like push it through a kind of mm. set um, series of like, 
It's, and it, it's awesome. kind of uh, exemplified in how our, our reviews used to... Mm. At the end of our reviews, there used to be a big box that said graphics, gameplay, sound. You can't do that anymore. It just yeah. doesn't work. Like, you can't objectively break down every element of a video game and then tell you how good it is. It's just not how it works. It because video games are, are, are seen rightly now as more of an art as well. You wouldn't do yeah. that with ballet. No. You wouldn't go pirouettes, pirouettes, 84% costumes. You review the whole. And it comes from software reviews, right? It comes it from does, that yeah. kind of old school technology review of how long's the battery last and you know, yeah, real yeah. questions. You Are there just... any bugs? Exactly. Yeah. And whereas now it's like you say, it's kind of broadened. And yeah, these kind of non-games, although a lot of people don't like that term, that kind of the people who are experimenting at the boundaries, it's, it's, it can be a, a limiting thing if you try and apply these criteria because you can't, if you say, well, this is, this is, a, this is failing at being you know, the first-person shooter, fun. the achievements are rubbish in Proteus. You know, stuff like that yeah. actually is, is potentially quite dangerous because it actually limits what these guys can be doing. So, so, so how many weapons are in Thomas Was Alone? Love is a weapon. Love is a weapon. Love is a weapon. It's the classic human soul. It's the classic European press trip thing where you're sitting in a round table and uh, the inevitably German or Italian journalist decides to ask how many weapons slash polygons slash types of bullet <laughs> there are in the video game. Gosh. I was once sitting around the the guy who made uh, Okami, mm. the Firo Okami. Classic, yeah. Very very beautiful game. Like you mm. know, so much to talk about in that game. And, and the question from one of the journalists was, um, if it's a dog, main character's a dog. If it's a dog, how does it open chests? And this was nice. then translated. Well, yes. And world. everyone was like, God, glad they asked. Really, really, <laughs> Did Lassie really not point. air in those countries? <laughs> it, was a, it was a reaction <laughs> to Valkyrie. The Japanese guy just went, eh? <laughs> <laughs> had to get it again. He was like, what? well, he, he nudges it with his, yeah, with his yeah. nose. It's a computer game. Yeah. We just used to end stuff like that, or reviews or with, um, maybe uh, play before you pay. That was the big thing in the 90s, you'd say that. Play like, before you pay? You yeah. can't do that it's now. Kind of like, I've got no idea what to say about this game, just say that. <laughs> oh, well, and borrow it from a friend or something like that. Advocating piracy. There's no piracy. There's no piracy. These are the good days. Especially not in the 90s. Although I think it's not quite still on tapes in the 90s. I've seen hackers. It definitely existed. There was like this sweet spot, wasn't there? In the 80s, piracy everywhere. Then cartridges and CDs, proprietary, not so much piracy. Now piracy everywhere again. Never mind. So, now that Thomas is finally out the door. Yes. Have you got any ideas about what you might like to do next? Uh, yeah, well, I've been working on something kind of ever since I, I quit my day job. That was step one. Um, what was your day job? Your my day job, I was, I was a butcher. Um, I, I, I was a vegetarian butcher as well, which made it very difficult. Wait, were you actually um, a butcher? No, but I was a vegetarian. I still am a vegetarian. <laughs> um, I'm confused. <laughs> <laughs> you did the same, but for someone else. Yeah, 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 I did the same. So I was a, I was a game designer at uh, Boss Studios mm -hmm. um, making uh, Facebook games. Um, but yeah, no, the, the next thing, I was calling it Project 2 on my Twitter, but everyone said I was being pretentious. And also, now that Project, Project Spy is something it, yeah. everyone's talking about, I'm kind of ha having to move away from and, that. And he really criticised the name. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like, oh, you did, didn't you? You said it was a rubbish name. Yeah. Ah, it's all right. It's not the final name. Um, but yeah, it's no, more pretentious if it's in another language. <laughs> yeah. But for them, it, anyway. Um, oh no, I guess it's not being developed in Germany, no. presumably. No. Okay, so it is more pretentious. So I'm winning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no. It's uh, so it's a bit more ambitious because obviously Thomas did kind of really well, which is kind of cool because it means I have kind of. I have some money that I can use to pay people this time around to do kind of rather lots of different things you. rather than just me making it. So we're kind of, we're doing something a bit more ambitious. Um, it's basically Thomas was the game I've wanted to make for the last kind of five years, um, ever since I started playing kind of World of Goo and kind of those first indie games that, that, that came to my attention. That Thomas was my reaction to that stuff. This is the game I've been designing since I was 12. This is the kind of the one... You know, ever since I was playing on my PlayStation 2, like the thing I wanted to make, and kind of it's evolved with me over time. So it's it's, it's very exciting. Jesus, what are you going to do after that? Yes, the game maybe embryonic games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is it. 
You had a PlayStation 2 at 12? No, I didn't. That was a lie, wasn't it? <laughs> I said, <laughs> you, I was thinking you were much younger. <laughs> no, than I was. I thought you were. No, I'm, yeah, I, I'm actually, no, I'm trying to think now. When did the PS2 come out? When did Metal Gear, because Metal Gear Solid 2 was the game I played on it. How 2001? 2001, so I would have been six, 16, jeez. There you go. Anyway, yeah. Did you have a game you thought of making when you were playing your SNES? I'm going to go with SNES. <laughs> no, there's one game that I really, really love because I was thinking about you know bringing back Ducktales. Mm. There's a game out on the Mega Drive called Decap Attack. Did you play that? Yeah. And it's about a zombie who would throw his head at people. Yeah. I just, oh, I just want to make that game. I want to bring that no. game back. There was a game called generation. Never Dead that was, came out that yeah. was not very good. Yeah, like a not very where good you could dismember fancy yourself version of that. I don't, want, I don't want a fancy people. version. I just want someone lobbing the decapitated the head into someone else's head. Was that the key part of the game? Could you do that? Could you do that in Stubbs the Zombie? That was that weird like zombie That was the Halo game. engine Yeah, the Halo engine game. zombie yeah. action yeah. game on the original Xbox. So are you going to give Danny a job in your next project? I think Danny will be involved, yes. He's very good, you know. We're going to have a beer and Baf- do that afterwards. BAFTA, <laughs> BAFTA winning. Yeah, I, 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 exactly I, how you pronounce his name I expect now. much I better sandwiches now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I used to like a game called Swag. Why has no one brought that back? It Swag. Was on, uh, yeah, no one knows about it. It was like on the BBC B. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I would be on this side of the keyboard. My mate would be on this side. It's one screen, never changes. Two burglars come out and you've got to go and you've got to get to that to all the swag before the other that burglar and shoot bell. each other. And then, what was the game we were playing? We were playing an excellent game called Mystic Narwhal Just the Tip. So it's a similar game. So that's a great title. Like battle commands. So <laughs> so each play, you're each on. play a neon narwhal. Yeah. And you've got to stab each other in the heart with your with your narwhal-y That. What's that called? Everything. Every you sentence. Every sentence you begin or reference you make ends with someone's head coming off. Or yeah. <laughs> so it's a three. This is basically my proxy for therapy. You're right. It's this good. weekly podcast. podcast. Good. It works. It's the only time he ever speaks. Rest of the yeah, time. It's quite expressive. Really. Yeah, yeah. Just writing on post-its and writing <laughs> them in the bathroom. Just, just the tip is hilarious though, because like, as soon as you get your narwhally, what's it called, speary narwhally nose bit. Proboscis. That. As soon as you get that anywhere near the opponent's heart, it just slows down to super slow motion. Yeah, you just see it, it going. And it's done in glorious kind of like 80s neon shades. Yeah. The narwhals can fly. And we can see that now. That would look very good, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <That's very> good. <laughs> well, doesn't that look fun? Wow, there you go. <laughs> so. Yes. You would like to work together in the future? I think so. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'd yeah, love to. I'd love to. Um, you, you know, it's, it's brilliant and might kind of. As I said, I think at the uh, at the at the BAFTAs, I was saying that uh, he kind of epitomises, I think, the, the kind of the indie gaming scene. Look at that, Mike! You're an epitome. Oh, wow. I'm, a, I'm an epitome. That's what you're always aiming for. The, the... Oh, hang on, not epitome. Opposite. <laughs> 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 no, obviously, you're not going to talk about PlayStation Four, but obviously, mm. it came out on Steam first, and then you worked mm. with Sony later. Now you've had that partnership with Sony. Are you going to work with them more closely going forward? And obviously, Sony. I keep saying obviously. Maybe it's not. And um, Sony said they really want to work with indie devs with the PlayStation 4. I think I accidentally tweeted publicly the other day that I was going for a meeting with uh, with someone from Sony. So I, I'm sure we will be talking about things. Okay. How did you write, what, did you trip or something? How did you accidentally? No, well, we, <laughs> yeah. we, were, we were just tweeting and I, I, we were just uh, commenting publicly to each other on Twitter. And then I think one of us just said, oh, and see you next week, oh. which is... Love you too. Exactly, yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I think that's out there. But yeah, no, I, I'm, t- I'm, I'm always going to talk to people about doing cool things and, and the PS4 and the way Sony's kind of aligning itself with the indie yeah, awesome, side of things it? is very exciting to people like me who I think consoles. It's, I think it's very exciting to people who love interesting games as yeah. well because yeah. I mean frankly uh, Xbox Live Arcade was that and then Microsoft yeah. it's so hard for anybody to have a nice time making anything for mm. it that Sony have kind of dived on in there and gone hello yeah. 
Make things for our platforms. I think it's really smart. I think they're very. I think they're looking at what the industry is now because there's the the thing with um with wars that, that every army learns how to win the last war just in time to start the next one kind of thing. And I think the same is true of consoles. I think if you look at the consoles, the consoles are trying to solve a problem that was there at the launch of the consoles. Mm. And I think now we don't have that kind of middle range of games anymore. It is much more leaning towards basically what Danny does, which is Assassin's Creed and Thomas Was Alone. Yeah. Those yeah, are the kind of, it. it's that's, that's that goal. Maybe I'm the epitome. You're the epitome <laughs> of the <laughs> industry. <laughs> I'm the epitome of indie, you're the epitome of everything. That's the thing. Yeah, it's like a Hollywood, it's like a, you know, that's the model I'm going for. It's the sort of Robert De Niro model. Do a couple of blockbusters. You do one for them, you do one for me. Yeah. Couple yeah. Indie. That, you know, it's a good position to be in. <laughs> sell, sell your soul one day and then yeah, get yeah. it back. Just Why not? Claw that's it back from the Reaper the next is, day. Is there any chance of Thomas coming to Xbox or Wii? Or? There's, there's, not, there's not no chance. Um, no, I agree. Yeah, I know. It's just becoming quantum physics. There's yes, not this is no chance. Okay. I like Xbox. I own an Xbox. I would like to see it on there at some point, maybe. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's all kind of obviously still yeah. up in the air and we'll yeah. see what happens. We've had some reader feedback from last time. Yeah, this is completely tender, tangential, but last week on the podcast we realised, mm. you know Yoda? Yeah. He doesn't have a species name. Oh. Would you know what species Yoda was? doesn't matter, because if you go on... Wolf if the internet doesn't. The <laughs> internet doesn't even know. <laughs> you can't believe that there's such what? a famous popular culture You'd character. You'd the internet would have worked this out. You think somebody would have worked something out. Even in like the extended not, universe yeah, in the novels? No, he like, must be... No, if you, if it, he's the last person of his race, and it's the race known as Wookiee species. Not Wookiee species, Yoda species, named after he, himself. Is he just a really Arrogant. old Wookiee? Yeah. But they, they are. They, that's what happens, they molt, <laughs> they shrivel. I love that. So people wrote in with the suggestions on what his species could be called. I don't know if this is appropriate, but you could call his race Vodafone Advidgets. Oh, okay. a damning indictment can, upon Yoda's life you, choices. Yeah, can you see Look, that? Yoda's getting on a bit. He That's wants to buy a nice place. Yeah, you he know. spent all his money on that. He's he wouldn't have made that, that much money in the seventies. No, no. no. well, he's like everyone that made money in the seventies, and he developed a heroin addiction. And yeah. he's needing to, you know, he looks like the voice. get it all back. Yeah. So That's from Adrian Hall in Colchester. Um, clearly, Yoda is the love child of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. That's actually true in terms yeah. of technology because it was a uh, Frank Oz puppet, uh, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, that's so that's Absolutely. actually true. That's from Jamie McNaught. I don't Smart think he meant that though. Thank, Thank you. Jamie. I don't think he was going for that, Jamie. Jamie, Jamie, <laughs> Jamie you were right <laughs> by accident. Um, that's one is from Rob Spooner. Uh, I think Lucas should call the Yoda species Grinchkin because he looks a bit like a Grinch and also a little like a Munchkin. But is Grinch, is, but is Grinch a species? Grinch is an individual. You're just, you're just offsetting the problem because the Grinch is a character as well. So you're just you're just saying, yeah, oh, he's I, not Yoda, he's a Grinch. I think Mike's right. You're kind of compounding the problem. You're just, you're just pushing it further Am I away. high? What's happening? <laughs> yeah, am I a dream? What is this? I'm glad I printed all that off. <laughs> I have a bit a, more pertinent feedback. I have a little bit of pertinent feedback from Stu Pearson, hmm. um, who has a question about the price of the Vita. He says, I will almost certainly be getting the PS4, likewise. So I was wondering, at what point do you think it would be advisable to get the Vita? Do you think the price of it will go down closer to the launch of PS4? And the Sony are surely going to give people a better reason to pick up a Vita as they show how it could be integrated with the PlayStation 4 system. The perfect time to buy a Vita is Wednesday when Thomas Was Alone comes out on PS Vita. That's very good. Thank you. Excellent. That's the perfect time. That was good, wasn't that it? Was I was really quite proud of that. Yeah, so, but yeah. It must surely. Um, I think it must be coming down in price. 
Must be. Has it not had a drop for a while then? It's, I don't think it's ever had a drop. Have I got that wrong? I don't think not it's had a drop. Not, How much is it? not in this country. I, I bought mine for, I think mine was 200 for that in Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's, I you think it's in it, 180 so quid. That was when you weren't in that one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, I was disappointed. So are you happy with the Vita version? Is it exactly the same as the PS3 version? Or? Um, yeah, I mean the PS3 and the PSN are basically the same game, just obviously running on the... It's cross-play It's, well. it's cross-play so as well, so you can, so you can yeah. which is great. And uh, that was Jim Sterling, because I watched Jim, uh, it was a Jimquisition episode where he did a whole riff on how every game should be cross-play, and it was like a half hour before the first meeting with Sony, so I went in like, mm. yes, yeah, I want this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that thing that I just heard about that in the game. Oh. Um, but um, yeah, no, it was, um, the Vita version's great. I love the, it just feels nice on controls, and it always did. I mean, it's great. I, 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 I ported in um, Xbox controller for the PC version that's, uh, after the reviews hit, which said it should have that. Um, yeah. <laughs> it did need that. It did need that, and now it's in there, and, and it, it definitely feels nice, and they've done some stuff with the touch screen, so you can kind of point at a character to select them and stuff, which that's is all nice. quite fun, and just a, just a, just little things on top of, of the game. But, I think yeah. it's best on the Vita. That would be my oh, really? professional okay. critical assessment. It's, I, th I think it's, it's very, great. very slightly better on the Vita. Than well, it's because someone else coded it. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say, a nine then? I'd say you nine, yeah. Eight. 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 Better. Eight. You bargain with it. Well, my Metacritic's... Do you not read the internet? What's your waiting? What's IGN's waiting on Metacritic? <laughs> we, were, we were in the highest bracket on... There was a nonsense story. It was, was but we were on the highest bracket. Oh. But you know, if you listen to the internet, then our, our nine out of tens cost upwards of £500,000. And that has to be to me. Have you ever is given that what one? this is? Have you caught me in a room in order to Have you ever given a one? Uh, oh, once, never for IGN. But I gave a one once to a game called Beat Down Fists of Vengeance. My You'd love game. that. It's got violence. Yeah. yeah. Can you take anyone's head off and throw it? Love it. For a gross character, it means it's a horribly violent man. <laughs> I am though. Yeah. No, that's fair. I would have given a one out of ten to the saboteur, but that's just because I really, really, <laughs> really hate the saboteur. That was awesome. The, the black and white open world. Don't get me started. We're not going to even have this conversation. Was, I love that game. We'll have this conversation after. What's the worst game you've ever played? The worst, worst game. game on all I gave levels. you a pretty bad one for your first review for IGN. Oh god, what was that? Um, what's the game we? I was going to review and I couldn't. It was the Curse Crusade. That oh, was. That's right. That was. I ended terrible. up doing it in the end. Not Thanks, Daniel. Enough. Not violent enough. <laughs> I got stuck on a brazier. <laughs> Like I walked about honestly about nine steps since the first brazier. What? Not brazier. It's brazier, right? Did I get that right? I've been stuck on a brazier. Go on. Literally about nine steps into the second level, I got stuck on a flaming torch. Couldn't couldn't do anything. Yeah, fundamentally broken. Absolutely terrible. It was like the selling point. That's the selling point. Yeah, it was like a kind of crusades meets demonology. It was terrible. It wasn't very good at all. Yeah, that was like a three out of ten. But Vita, I think the thing with the Vita, to, to bring that right back to, to Stu's question, uh, I have one, but I've played exactly three games on it. Uh, it wasn't really at the moment, it's not worth the money that I paid for it. I think but soon it will be if, it, if, if the PS4 stuff does work out, yeah, I think it will definitely and, be worth and, the money. And to complement that, it's becoming positioned almost like an indie. Platform. I think that's the smart thing I'm doing. It's yeah, the indie really smart, yeah. Because it's can't never going to happen yeah. with 3DS. I mean, Hotline Miami, I, I cannot yeah. wait to play it. Uh, how is that going to work, though, without the middle click? I don't know. Because yeah, the Hotline Miami is such a PC friendly. Like, I think, you need the I, I think the triggers are going to be precise. useful in that. I don't know though. I don't know. It's, but I'm just really excited about that. Also, in theory, it could use touchscreen maybe, but then you're kind of covering up the screen. I don't yeah. know. They'll have a plan. They're quite clever, those guys. Also, Spelunky. Spelunky. Spelunky, of course. Heck yeah. 
Although yeah. I've, I played so much of that on the Xbox that I don't know if I can. And Guacamole is really good. Guacamole is really. Good. I've only played that at shows. Is it? Has it? Yeah, turned I really well? enjoy it. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's kind of nice. becoming a bit like an iPhone slash iPad model in that you buy a very expensive console and then all the games that are good are under a tenner. <laughs> as long as they don't go sixty nine p, we'll be fine. <laughs> do we have? <laughs> do we have any more reader feedback? That's it. For Excellent. Week. In which case, we should talk about um, what's out this week, mm. as we usually do. So on the film side. Yeah, only one big film um, this week is Iron Man 3's out, mm. which we've seen. We have. And it's written by a friend of mine. Andrew Pierce. Yes. Oh, really? Are you yes. friends with Drew Pierce? Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. He's writing a lot of things at the moment now. He's writing Pacific Rim. Is he? Well, I'm not surprised. He uh, he's he does a very good job. Man. One of the best things about the movie is actually the script. <laughs> Incredibly funny. I feel the reviews shifting. Nice. It really yes. is. Yes. I've got it up from an 8 to a 9. Already. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> Now, Iron Man 3 was really, really funny and enjoyable. I think it's better than all, all of the Iron Man movies. Oh, by, really? By some way, actually. Oh, so I think the first two are kind of okay, but... I love the first one. Two. The second one I had to watch a couple of times before I liked it. It its way, doesn't it? It was, it was a, the, it just, it just kind of, yeah, the, the, the scene with the, 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 metal, the distracting metal object on the desk. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, the and, and, exactly yeah. desk toy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like he stops it. Yeah, yeah, like that, that, terrible that, continuity as well. Why would you give yourself that? Continuity, exactly. But, but, the, uh, just, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say this. I think I probably will be allowed to I say this. I think we're, we're after. We're but like, but like, like well, Drew, um, I think that he, he, he'd done some writing out there, and it's kind of like similar, you know, but on a, on a huge Hollywood level. Mm. Uh, he uh, he didn't get that Iron Man job, and I think that they were going to go with some other people, and he didn't even get the meeting. I believe is what I heard. And then he just sat down and he thought. I'm going to write down what I would do with this. this yeah. And so he just sat down, wrote a big document, sent it to his agents, they oh, passed cool. it on, and they went, you can write Iron Man 3. Wow. wow. So he just was wow. tenacious so cool. and talented and, and just did it. And it's directed by Shane Black. Um, it's only his, his second movie. It's the other, other movie he's done is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Which was amazing. So to get like a huge $100 million dollar budget Gigantic. movie. That's really how you well. make it fresh, though. Yeah, yeah. it's got yeah. a real kind of... Because um, War Machine's quite prominent in this new movie, mm. so it's, it's got a real kind of lethal weapon buddy cop kind of well, dynamic. Done, Marvel have done this, they've shifted things around, haven't they? Totally Kenneth, bringing well. Kenneth Branagh, 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 Branagh onto Thor yeah. and kind of just doing like a, a Shakespearean epic in the middle of this whole massive franchise. They can take those risks, I guess, because totally they've got the, they're going to sell the lunchboxes either way. They told me off once for doing a uh, Thomas Was Alone Marvel image. I did like an image of my version of Iron Man in the Marvel style and I got told off. Good, really? that's disgusting. Wow. <laughs> it's like you're taking money out of people's mouths. Isn't that Ryan Gosling film out this week? No. Place Between the Thing? Pines. Uh, I think it's out. It's out last week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Still not seen. On the game side, however, and um, we have Thomas Was Alone. It's a pretty good game. It's yeah. out on when... Do you know what I love about Thomas Was Alone? <laughs> ten out of ten. I <laughs> Can I say what I love about Thomas Was Alone? It has never ever had a pre-order incentive including a dismembered torso. Hey, which um, another game that's out this week does have. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Look at that. That. I've oh. embarrassed myself. Oh, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Thank, God. Oh. Thank God that head was relevant to something. Who's pre-ordered the horrible dismembered zombie torso version of Dead Lie the Riptide? Obviously, have obviously you actually? Have you, no, of course <laughs> not. Of course. <laughs> I think his own. Went ahead and made that. Well, the thing is, what gets me? It's on sale, right? Because it's in game or yeah. something. Oh, I hate it's it so madness. much. Yeah, but they've got they've got a fairly limited selection. But the, the thing that gets me, I don't right. Okay, so the, the torso you. But my approach to that is, if you don't like it, don't buy it and go you do what you're doing, deep silver. I don't think it should be banned. It's not banned. Mm, this mm, sick mm, filth. So mm. fine, they've released it. But the thing that really gets me is they released it after apologising and saying. This We're is really terrible. Sorry, this is terrible. Sale. We'll still do it. Do yeah, you know what this torso is? 
It's also of a woman in a bikini. Oh, like dismembered. It's, like a, it's dismembered. It's really it's grim. It's, it's, yeah. I mean, the thing is, right, if you don't want to buy it, don't buy it, is basically the approach. But you don't come out and say, we're sorry, this is clearly grossly inappropriate. Mm. Sorry, guys, sorry about this. But if you want to do. buy it. Imagine you did that at like a dinner party or something. Yeah. Sorry about this, everybody. And you just turn the table over and <laughs> hit the guests. Oh, flashbacks to when I was a child. Oh, wow. Shall we talk about Ooh, dark. <laughs> but, but I'm sure the game's excellent and therefore that makes it all fine, right? The games are good. Is it good? Is Apparently, it better than the original? Is it kind of? I've not played it. Our review was moderately praiseful, but only moderately, <laughs> well, moderately praiseful. Moderately praiseful. What's moderately praiseful? My opinion is uh, play before you pay. <laughs> yeah, excellent <laughs> for everything. I think it got a mid seven. Yes. Um, Deadly Premonition Director's Cut is also out this week. It's a game you're a huge fan of. Yes. Yeah, huge fan of Deadly Premonition. Still not really sure why. And it's one of those things. That it's it's it's. I'm not going to bring up The Room again for long. Nobody in my office will watch The Room. The, the, room. the Room. I That's missed brilliant. an outing to go brilliant. see it. I've not seen no, it yet. Nobody Forks, will watch right? it. I've been trying to persuade them for two years. Anyway, it. so it's kind of like the game version of that. In that it's, it's so, so bad and badly made and shonky, but it's got such vision somewhere. Like, mm. like the guy who made it, Swery, he really cared, obviously, and it's his dream project. He's basically trying to make Twin Peaks a video game, and it's his dream project. You talk to him about it, he's just, mm. you know, he's so excited about it, and it's so bad. It's oh. so poorly made. Will you be watching this? Hmm? Will he be watching this? Yeah, this sorry, sorry. Uh, he knows it. Which is why the director's cut out, because it came out about two years ago, it came out, and this director's cut is a slightly less broken version of the same. Maybe you just don't get it. Yeah. Maybe Pretty you're sure the problem. Maybe you're the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is that whole video game thing that we're talking about. You're reviewing this game based on what you want it to be. Yeah, it's got too many bugs. Yeah. But it's also got amazing characters and the most ridiculous story I'll ever play. So Deadly Premonition Director's Cut's out on PlayStation 3. Comes recommended from me, but it's mm. one of those divisive games. Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen's also out this week. I mean, check that out. Yeah. Is that like an add-on or is that like a, a better version? So it's basically a director's cut version of the game right. with extra stuff. Because I've been meaning to play because a lot of people love that game. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm reviewing it right now. Mm. Um, it's going to be, it's just ready when it's ready. Because it's the, 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 the extra stuff is right at the end, like it's end game. So if you've right. already finished Dragon's Dogma, you have to buy the whole thing again. So it's 20 quid, which is budget price point, but you have to pay for the whole game again. Mm -hmm. And you can port your save over and play all the new stuff. If you've never played Dragon's Dogma, then it's a very, very slightly better version of Dragon's Dogma. That's a nice way of getting around the whole uh, pre-owned sales thing. To, re to release your, mass your big £40 game mm -hmm. again with a little bit of new stuff for 20 quid a yeah. few weeks, yeah. a few months later, so that... A year later. A year later, yeah, it's, sorry. It's a good... It's, it's a good, really uh, a year. Yeah. Oh, wow, That's okay. Much. I've been awful with that game. It's, it's a very good it's idea. Nice. I, think, I think it's a good idea. And the thing is, the, the extra stuff is probably worth 20 quid if you're a huge Dragon Stogma fan. And if you're not, then it's slightly better. I mean, it's still, it's still a game that... Again, it's a really, really good game hiding behind a slightly broken kind of exterior, but it's so mm. interesting. And so I, I would recommend that generally if you're into, into your fantasy RPGs. Yeah. What's the last game? And the final game this week is Star Trek... Cannily subtitled the video game. Um, no reviews for it yet. It's out in the US. Today. Review embargo is midnight tonight, so uh, this will be out by yeah, the time it comes um, out. I'm not too sure. I think I think the embargo will be up. Tell me what it's good because I've been wanting a good Star Trek game. Ever I think since it's always oh, got all the authenticity. I think mm. they've captured the dynamic between Kirk and Spock really well from the new films. It's, it's got the voice acting, but yeah. I just don't know whether it's going to be an average game ultimately. I think we can safely say from what we've experienced so far of Star Trek the game that it's not going to be great. It's a shame. The co-op. But wait and see. Especially. Yeah, we'll wait and see. The review will be out. But you get to walk around the bridge and if you like Trek, there's a certain, I think, allure of walking around the Enterprise. 
I remember spending with uh, Elite Force was the one that was a it was a Quake ripoff, but it was a Star Trek Voyager tie-in first-person shooter, and it was really really good. Um, what was it? Uh, it was called Star Trek Voyager Elite Force. It was really good. There's lots of let's plays of it. Um, Nerd Cube's doing one at the moment actually. It's really it's a really solid first-person shooter, and since then they've all been rubbish. Yeah, fingers crossed. I wanted the Star Trek mm. game. Is that the one that uh, that had that really giant modding community that tried to remake it recently? And may well have been because it's yeah. one. It's, it's it's quite a love game. It was it was basically you play as a red shirt, which is just the best idea for a first-person shooter set in Star Trek. Like, <laughs> you do that as Dark Souls. <laughs> like marry Star Trek and Dark Souls, so you're the guy in the red shirt and you're just constantly dying. Mm-hmm. I've just, just started playing that. Yeah, yeah, it's very difficult. <laughs> it's very, I'm, very I'm terrified. I've got it on it shrimp trap on my shelf. Yeah. I've had it for like a six months. I've not played it. The gentleman, uh, the skeleton gentleman with a shield, it just keeps killing me. I know. Well, it's, so. that's which skeleton gentleman with the shield? Like one of the first ones you meet. Excellent. I think that reviewing that game was a harrowing experience because obviously without. We had this thing called the Chain of Pain, which was all the Dark Souls reviewers from yeah. the whole world basically all emailed each other going, guys, what the fuck? Yeah. So, so we had this like giant, giant chain, this email chain that went on for the three weeks we were all reviewing it with just like desperate kind of a pleas for help. And like and every time anyone discovered something, they were like, guys, guys, if you shoot the dragon's tail, you can get a sword. And we'd all be like, no. So it was, it was exciting, but it's much, you, you benefit from the experience of mm. other people who've played it and wikis mm. and what Yeah. Makes it an awful lot less painful. So, so in conclusion, play Thomas Was Alone or Dark Souls, a game that's been out for two years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> strong kind of difference in difficulty yeah. there. It's That'd like, be a really good double bill, actually. If you kind of, yeah, like half an hour on yeah. each. Just, speaking of Dark Souls, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. They've definitely been playing a lot of Dark Souls. Mm. Like the new stuff at the end, they've definitely been playing a lot of Dark Souls. Well, that's what's interesting with Dark Souls is Dark Souls is very, very popular with game designers. Oh, yeah. So it's going to have a massive effect on the next kind of five years of the big budget AAA games. You're going to see a lot of Dark Souls uh, creeping in. Demon's Souls did to a smaller extent, but then Dark Souls was the breakthrough one, really. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also it's got cleverer level design, so I could understand why Mm. that would be. That's about it. That's it for this week's podcast. IGN UK podcast number 183. Thank you for joining us, Danny. Not at all. Thanks for having uh, me and us and all that. Thank (laughs) you, Mike. As always, if you want to get in touch with us, you can go to IGNUKfeedback at IGN.com in your email. And you can send us one of those. You can tweet us. At IGNUK and IGNUK at Facebook. Uh, I think you should end with a communal goodbye. Yes. That's, 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 that's a tradition or you added? No, you just descend into He's an ideas man. man. We this is the value that you get when you bring down It's just like, you just that's free as well, though, yeah. Okay, three, two, one. Goodbye! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.